everyone, and welcome to Book Solid. We're your hosts. I'm Soraya. And I'm India. And this week, we will be discussing the book and the show, Normal People. Spoiler alert. Hey guys, just as a heads up, we will be revealing spoilers in this episode. If you haven't yet read the book or seen the show or film, this is a courteous reminder to proceed with caution. So... Jumping right in, the first thing I think I want to talk about with normal people, because there's quite a bit to get through since we have both the book and the show, but I think let's just start with the two main characters. So um, let's go with Marianne first, because I have a lot to say about her. But first, I want to know kind of what you thought of her. Yeah. So with Marianne, I noticed it more so with the show, but I kind of felt like this in the book. I was kind of confused with how she was depicted early on. It was pretty apparent that she's like the social pariah in her high school. But especially in the show, she's conventionally pretty. She comes from a wealthy background. It just kind of felt like a reach to make her so apparently different. Yeah, I think that's... It's interesting because, like you said, there isn't anything that really would make her stand out to be the object of bullying, like, at least the way they depicted it in the book. And, like, the only thing that made her different from her peers is her willingness to speak up. Mm -hmm. And I thought she was incredibly witty and hilarious. Like, that scene where she told the teacher, like, don't delude yourself, I have nothing to learn from you. (laughs) I was laughing so hard about that. But to me, that's the only thing that makes her difference is just she doesn't put up with crap from anybody. Not Mm -hmm. her peers, not her teachers. So, yeah, I just don't really understand what made her the subject of this kind of torment from everyone. What did you think of um, her relationship with Connell early on? So... I have a really big issue, and I feel like this is a really common theme in a lot of young adult movies and books, but I have a really big issue with someone, you know, saying they have feelings for someone in private, saying that they love them in private, they want to spend time with them, and then not, I'm not going to say claiming them as in, like, their property, but not, Mm -hmm. you know, owning up to that relationship in public. Because if you care that much what other people think about you, then you don't, what they think about you and your relationship with this person, then you don't care for that person like you say you do. The opinions of your friends matters more mm-hmm. to the point that you're willing to hurt her. You know what he did by asking Rachel to the Debs. I really like that scene in the show. I mean, it's it's in the book as well, but in the show, just to see it kind of come to life where after the Debs, when he was talking to Eric, I think it was. And Eric's like, you don't think we all know that you guys were sleeping together? Mm-hmm. And he kind of had that moment of realization. Connell did of that. Even if everyone knew nothing would have happened because everyone already knew and they didn't really care. He gave up what was this amazing, intense relationship with Marianne and of finally feeling like he's understood by someone for the opinions of people who don't even matter. Like, I feel like in high school, we act like these people are our entire world and what they think of you is your entire world, when in reality, you are not going to talk to 99% of them once you step off that graduation mm-hmm. stage. So it was just kind of like when he broke down and he was crying and he realized everything he sacrificed for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I saw this tweet and basically just summing it up, it said, stop being in relationships with people who only want to see you at night. You're not Mm. a roach. (laughs) (laughs) And I just loved it because it's like, especially right now, it's very, um, I don't know. I feel like it's, there's something that's like, I guess, attractive about it and like, I think one of the characters at some point speaks about it and is like, oh, that's really enticing. But that's actually very damaging to like the healthiness of the relationship. 
and ultimately Marianne because I felt like because he was more experienced with relationships, he was kind of taking advantage of with her or taking mm-hmm. advantage of her because, you know, this was her first major relationship. She didn't really have anything else to base it off of. And if that's how, you know, he's treating her, I felt like she was starting to think that that was normal or that's mm-hmm. what she was worth. And like, Marianne, you're not a roach. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't. I just felt like she deserved better. I, I agree. Because what you were saying is like when the friend commented, I think it was Peggy when she realized they were kind of like hooking up for the second time in college. But she was saying like, oh, you know, that's super hot. And mm-hmm. I feel like even when people make a mutual agreement to we're going to keep this a secret and we're not going to tell anyone and it's just going to be between us, it mm-hmm. never works. No. I feel like someone always ends up getting hurt because like what exactly what happened is you're putting on this pretense for everyone else and then inevitably someone comes along who is attracted to that person or they start flirting with someone else in public but you know what's going on in private and you just start feeling taken advantage of and shout out to Lorraine there's like three redeemable characters in this like peripheral characters to me mm-hmm. and it's Lorraine Joanna and Niall but we'll get into them later but Lorraine I loved when she called Connell out for that that's the thing. even though she's his mom like you don't have to sit there and blindly go along with what your children are doing just because that's your child like people mm-hmm. need to be called out so i just love that moment when lorraine was like how could you do this to her and mm-hmm. he even told her like when marianne stopped talking to him and left school he was feeling bad about it and down about it and lorraine was like i think it's a good thing that you feel bad about it because what you did was a bad thing and i'm not going to tell you that it wasn't yeah i loved lorraine she was so crucial to the story because I don't know. I liked Marianne's character, but she definitely, <laughs> there's some moments where she was frustrating. But like you said, Lorraine, Joanna, Niall, and also Karen. She was briefly in the story. I think in the high school scene of things, she was. Oh, kind, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was pretty helpful with uh, Marianne's situation. But going back to Lorraine, I don't know if you got this vibe. I could be stretching. But I also just want to say I love that with the podcast, we now have this world because we can like kind of, you know, point to other like episodes and books or shows mm-hmm. and the listeners can too. So that's cool. <laughs> but I feel like there was slightly some mirroring going on, especially so Lorraine, as we know, she's a housekeeper for Marianne and her family. Mm-hmm. And so there's a scene when Lorraine's in the kitchen and like she's checking in on Marianne after Connell and her have split up. And it reminded me so much of Izzy and Mia's relationship in Little Fires Everywhere, just because you have Marianne, who's like this outspoken, kind of like iconoclast. Mm -hmm. And then in that moment for Izzy, Mia was the one to kind of like the adult figure to like, you know, reinforce in her that it's okay to think differently, that her feelings are valid. And so I felt like Lorraine kind of did that because like you said, she didn't take her son's side. If anything, she was like, that's very wrong. I'm ashamed that, you know, I raised you and this is how you go on to act. And so, yeah, I kind of felt like there's some mirroring going on. Maybe it's just because in the show, Little Fires Everywhere, Izzy and Mia were in the kitchen also. It's just like, I don't know, similar parallels going on. Yeah, that's a really interesting connection to draw. I don't think I realized it when I was reading, but when you started talking, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like that is very Mia Izzy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was great. So go- getting back to Marianne, I just wanted her to be loved properly. Mm-hmm. The whole entire book, not even romantically, like 
in a familial way, in her friendships, in her romantic relationships, all I wanted was for her to be loved properly because I feel like there was no one in her life, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, until mid-later portions of the book, when Connell finally kind of matured a little bit, who was really loving her. I mean, like, her family situation, I don't understand how her mom could possibly try to justify her brother's behavior like mm-hmm. her inaction in the situation she talked a little bit more in the book or in the show i'm sorry than in the book but her inaction her the way she blamed marianne for the things that were happening to her for her brother to be treating her like this like it just it was awful and i just wanted things to get better for her yeah and it's just like to see how the, her you know childhood and the way she grew up go, went on to affect her relationships a lot of the people she surrounded herself with were toxic like mm-hmm. peggy is not a good person was not a good person jamie was absolutely terrible i'm sure we'll talk more about him but i just feel like you know it's that quote it, people say it all the time but it's true it's just of accepting the love that you think you deserve and mm-hmm. that's kind of what she surrounded herself with she let people treat her any which way she let connell treat her like a doormat mm-hmm. you know the first time that they got together and i just don't think she believed she was worthy of love and mm-hmm. i know she kind of spoke to that a few times and even getting into like her sexual preferences of wanting her partners to abuse her while they mm-hmm. were having sex it to me it was kind of almost her way of trying to take control of her life or her situation she's just been the victim of abuse for so long and this kind of gave her a way to at least control who was abusing her and how and when hmm yeah it's like chapter after chapter and we can talk more about this in a little bit but the literary device of it's like every chapter it skips a couple months or mm-hmm. a couple weeks or a year or whatever but every single time i keep thinking i keep waiting for her for circumstances to change but it becomes very apparent especially like when she's in college that she starts to believe she's the problem that she's the common denominator yeah. mm-hmm. but we know as the readers and the watchers in the show Everyone she surrounds herself with is pretty toxic. And so, you know, it's really unfortunate that she starts to reflect that onto herself when in actuality, like, I just wanted... And like you said, I mean, with Joanna, I think Joanna definitely was a good point. Lorraine, she wasn't that close with Niall. But, like, you know, there were some good moments, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. enough for her to, like, fully start wanting more for herself, you know, like she settled so often yeah. and just yeah. accepted things. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like you deserve so much more. And like, she I didn't. Don't, yeah. Yeah. She, di- she didn't think she did. I mean. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was definitely hard. And like you said, with her, I didn't think about it that way, but with her like sexual preferences, it was consensual and like it was, I think what she told herself that she wanted, but it definitely, like you said, could be birthing from her wanting to just have some control and, you know, her thinking that, I, I don't know, I definitely got the feeling that she was kind of like a people pleaser in a way. I think she just wanted, like, spending so long in high school being tormented for who she was. I feel like she just was desperate for people to accept her and was going to do whatever it took for that to happen. And that's really interesting because in high school, she was pretty, like you said, like, she was pretty confident. She was pretty comfortable with being outspoken she never like a lot of times connell would say he never felt like she cared what other people thought Mm -hmm. but in college and in some of the relationships she starts to kind of become passive and she just especially like her friendship with peggy who was super Mm -hmm. toxic and awful peggy was constantly belittling her putting her down and she was like yeah well 
I don't know. Like, she just became a completely different person. And so it hurt because you could see the effects of these awful relationships starting to shape into her, like, permanent personality and the way she carries herself as an adult. Yeah. And, yeah, that was tough. One thing, too, I think that the show got better than the book or just highlighted better was kind of her growth. I think towards the end of the book, we realized, you know, she not realize we, we know her and Connell are both going on this journey as they kind of grow into their own but I feel like in the show I got more of a sense that she had really not healed but was in the process of healing from the things that had happened to her and she was building a life that was her own one that mm-hmm. she was proud of one where she wasn't at the mercy of people around her and so kind of just to see her taking control of her life and doing what was best for her I feel like we got a, a much greater sense of that in the show than we did in the book hmm yeah I agree it literally could just be me because I've I'm trying to think the last book we read the family upstairs it did a similar literary device with you know kind of going back and forth in time mm-hmm. but I felt like with this I was really disoriented because you know I would finally like start to feel connected to like a character or a scene or a setting and then it would just jump six months in 2014 or I'm like what and then it was always like completely different and so for the first page of the next chapter I was trying to ground myself okay so now we're in Berlin or now we're in wherever and or she's in Sweden and I'm just like this is a lot and but I will say in the show I felt like that worked in its favor better just because maybe visually it's easier to do that and so it was easier to draw those connections Mm-hmm. It could just be me being petty, but I uh, it was it was kind of like disorienting a little bit. No, I, I completely agree with that point. Like I would find I'd get to a new chapter and they'd have jumped to another time, and I'd find myself like flipping back to the start of the previous chapter, so mm-hmm. I could see like okay, what was the month and year, and then like getting to the next and just like, trying to line up the events in my head mm-hmm. to make it make sense. And we actually had a comment from a listener, Maddie, who said she watched it first and then read it, and they were really similar in her opinion. But she thinks that the show did a much better job of showing the passage of time. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I, Yeah, for sure. Like, it just, I think visually, like you said, it was much easier to kind of keep track of everything that was going on that way. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of itching to talk about her relationship with Gareth. I would love to hear it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because I I think that's her first major relationship after Connell Mm -hmm. that we know about, at least, and in college. Um, So Gareth here is a neo-Nazi sympathizer more or less. Mm -hmm. Um, He's on the society debate team and he just, I just kind of got the vibe both in the book and the show that he's the type of guy who's just super arrogant. He probably thinks very highly of himself. Because he's knowledgeable, he's able to navigate a lot of like social settings and I'm sure people probably think he is intelligent, but I think he gives too much weight towards his personal opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we kind of see that more in the show. I think the acting was really good. But yeah, so they have this guest speaker who is a neo-Nazi, I believe. And Connell finds out and he's just like, what the heck? Like, I know you, Marianne. I know Mm -hmm. what you believe. Like, I know you wouldn't be okay with this. And I was really disappointed in that moment because, you know, high school Marianne was very outspoken. It said that she kept up with current events. So she was, you know, very compassionate about what's going on in the world. And then she goes and dates this guy. And I'm just, Gareth is trash. I'm sorry. I, uh, 
I don't know. Or maybe not trash, but not right for her. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be, I think, like you said, that's the first time we kind of see this passive change, passive shift in her. Like we were saying in high school, she's very fiery, very outspoken. And then, you know, in those first few years of college, she did become very passive. She kind of just let people, like we were saying, treat her any which way. And I think her relationship with Gareth was definitely an indication of that because, I mean, there was even that point when Connell, yeah, like you said, he brought it up to Marianne and she's like, he just believes in free speech and he, like, she's like making excuses for him. Her of all people, I would not feel like she would be into someone who's behaving in that way. He He's very self-involved and I just want to ask him, like, why is your shirt unbuttoned so low all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't need to see that much of your chest, bro. Like, please. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know anyone in my real life at all ever who wears only the bottom three buttons. <laughs> I know. Like, just doing the most. We get it, you know? That's cool. You're confident. That's great. Yeah. But, mm. <laughs> And so, you know, when she drops Gareth I'm happy for her I'm like you know making making moves in the right direction and it's funny because like you know we know that she gets with Connell again after that and it's hard because I don't know at least in the first half of the book I feel like I want the characters to be together because that's the way the book's presented to us you know it follows their story over the Mm -hmm. course of a few years so it's like of course I think we naturally want them to be together but there were definitely moments in the beginning and even throughout the middle I was like I don't know if they should necessarily be together. I don't yeah. know that they are good for each other, you know? And so it was like just that kind of war of feelings going on with me this whole time. So they got together the second time. Mm-hmm. It seemed to be better than the first time. He was not being, you know, like secretive with her. He still wasn't like touching her in public. And I know that that was an issue for her. But the relationship seemed to be going better than it did the first time. So when they broke up over a misunderstanding... No. <sighs> I know at the beginning of this episode, I said, I hate when, like, that trope in movies where it's like, I like you, but only in secret. Mm-hmm. And there's anything I hate more than that. It's misunderstandings that could easily have been avoided. I'm like, can one of you open your mouth and speak? Mary, you don't want him to leave. <laughs> say, I don't want you to leave. Connell, you want to stay with her. Just say you don't want to stay with her. Like, they mm-hmm. both broke up but didn't even know why. I hate misunderstandings like that. It makes me so upset. No, I completely agree. I was so irritated. I think I had to like take a break after that second time just because, like you said, in that moment, I'm like, wow, things are going really well. I can see them together. Also, just something, I don't know, just in life in general and stories that I'm not really a big fan of is off and on relationships, Mm, especially like over the course of the whole book. And so, you know, we definitely see that with them. And it makes you wonder like, okay, sometimes I felt like they were toxic for each other and they were just not meant to be together. But then there were certain times and certain lines that like Sally Rooney's writing where I felt like they had this beautiful connection. I'm like, they're perfect for each other. Like like, real quick, I want to say there's that one line towards the beginning and I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he basically said like being with her was like closing a door on the real world or something like that. Let me find the quote really quick. Cause it's, it's going to bug me. Oh Yeah. So the quote, he said, being alone with her is like opening a door away from normal life and then closing it behind him. Like, I don't know. It just like you're saying, it just goes to show this like complete and total kind of trust and 
comfort that they had within each other. Like, I just think it's a really beautiful thing in life if you have a person you can go to where you can be your whole and complete self without fear of judgment. And you know mm-hmm. that they're going to accept you for who you are. Yeah, definitely. And there's also another quote, I think, early on where he says, Marianne, I'm not a religious person, but I do sometimes think God made you for me. Mm, yeah. I'm just like, wow, like they're so cute together. Love that. But then, dun, 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 as we all know, <laughs> over the like simplest of miscommunications, if you guys just communicate, just talk to mm-hmm. each other, a lot of these conflicts, a lot of this tension can yep. be handled. You guys, they have these deeply intimate, you know, connections and like experiences and they just know all everything about each other, but can't just talk about simple yeah. things. it's so annoying and I think it just really speaks to their immaturity and man did they have a lot of growing up to do yeah that's true yeah that was deeply frustrating and then I think at that point so Marianne goes on to date uh, I think I'm mixing things up I think she goes on to date Jamie and then he goes on to date Helen yeah yeah around that time yeah so she yeah Jamie Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) Okay, Jamie. So I wasn't a fan of him in the book, obviously. I really didn't like him. The show, bringing him to life, um, the last time I wanted to like physically punch a character was Joffrey on Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Joffrey. Yeah, so <sighs> with Jamie, I feel like he was the antithesis of Connell in a way. And so it was really perplexing to see them together. And just the fact that they were together just showed how much Marianne had changed. I just, high school Marianne would not, like, high school Marianne would, you know, joke, like, not joke back, but like, she would get back at the Jamies in high school, you know, Mm -hmm. like, he would say something slick, and then she would be like, you know, something witty, and she would just dismiss that. So to see her being in a relationship with him and just, I think it cut deep because I've dealt with quite a few Jamies in my own life, especially in college, even in high school, uh, not, not as far as dating, but just like that archetype. I don't know. Gareth was bad, but I felt like Gareth was still more open-minded like he him being on the debate team like he was able to see you know either side even though he definitely felt a particular way with jamie it was just his way or the highway and (laughs) yeah i agree seeing him brought out in the show i was just like oh no 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 he's gotta go he's gotta go i can't wait till he goes um yeah he was so controlling even before they got together because you know i think the show was kind of it, it did a better job of hinting at the way that Jamie was attracted to her, even when she was with Gareth and then with Connell the second time. There was that part specifically when they were all hanging out and someone went to refill Marianne's glass and Jamie jumped in. He's like, no, she'll have red or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then Joanna's like, can she not decide for herself? And I was like, seriously? And Jamie's like, no, she'll have a glass of red and then a cigarette and then she'll something. Like he was like calling out. Yeah, it was just creepy. Like he was just saying like, oh, I know her best and I watch her, so this is exactly what she's going to do. She's going to have this, this, this. And it just, Mm. I just didn't like what was to come because they weren't even dating at that point. And then, yeah, he was possessive. He was insanely jealous of Connell. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, blowout when they were in Italy, 
I couldn't even look. I didn't even want to look at his face. And that part when he drops the wine glass, even after she specifically said it was her late father's, like he was just terrible. I'm glad you brought up the vacation trip because in the show, like definitely in the book, I was, you know, I could feel the tension. Sally Rooney kept or she made a point to specify that like everyone else who was at the dinner table was extremely uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. they were averting glances, like they weren't trying to engage because they knew things were kind of bubbling up towards something that could really blow out as it did. But in the show, watching that happen, I was just like, I had to look away. Like you said, I was like, oh, no, 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 this is way too much. And then something that was really, I don't remember this being in the book, but so... After he, like, drops his wine glass, it shatters, and then Marianne lunges at him, and then Connell keeps her from attacking him. Mm -hmm. The fact that in the show, Jamie starts laughing. Yeah. That was crazy. I was like, okay, he's, he's nuts, like... And he's totally gaslighting her because he's laughing. He's like, you're a psychopath. You need Mm -hmm. mental help. You're crazy. She has every right to be angry right now. Like, she just told you how much those glasses mean to her. You mocked her for it, saying, I didn't realize Mm -hmm. you had such an emotional attachment to glasses. They were her father's who passed away. I don't understand what he doesn't get about that. So he mocked her for it, for starters, then purposely broke it. She's livid, and now he's telling her she's crazy for being upset. Like, look what you just did. And now you want to act like she's crazy for being mad? Oof, no. Yeah, it was just, and I'm glad because at that moment, I'm like, if she's still with him, I don't know how I feel about this book. Like, this better be the end of things. Yeah, and I'm glad Connell stepped in. I I just wondered to myself, and I wonder what you think about this, but do you think he would have done the same thing if Helen was there? Because we know Helen's also wildly jealous of mm-hmm. Marianne in a way. So I wonder if he would have done the same thing if Helen was there. I do think so, only because, and I kind of wanted to talk about Helen um, a little bit, and I guess we can when we get into Connell, but I think he would have only because his love for Marianne didn't seem to falter just because he was with Helen. Like when they went to Rob's funeral and he sees Marianne for the first time in a long time because she's been in, was she in Sweden or Switzerland? She, I think she was in Sweden. And he kind of like grabs her and hugs her. And I think in the book, he describes it like they held each other until it wasn't acceptable to continue doing so. And that was right in front of Helen. Mm. So I feel like I kind of feel like Marianne has always and will always be his number one priority. That's true. Um, yeah. I was just, I wanted to say, too, because we kind of touched on Peggy and her kind of toxicity. Mm-hmm. Um, but... What bothered me about Peggy, I mean, a lot of things did. She's very self-absorbed, kind of like everyone who's in Marianne's life at this point seems to be very self-absorbed. They don't have her best interest at heart. And what I really didn't like was when Marianne started expressing concerns about Jamie, instead of being supportive in the book, uh, Peggy was like, well, you know, everyone really likes you two together and it would be really hard on everybody. Like, Marianne... It's not her job to care about how your friend group is going to deal with the breakup. She has to do what's best for her. And if she's telling you that Jamie is not treating her well or she doesn't want to be in a relationship with him anymore, she doesn't have to. She doesn't owe it to you, Peggy. She doesn't owe it to your circle of friends. And then even after they break up and they get back to school, Peggy in the book is still mad at her. Like, Jamie was bad-mouthing her. And Peggy's like, I just don't understand what happened and why you broke up. Like, were you not there at that dinner when you saw what he did? Like, I don't understand how... You're trying to justify the behavior. And there's a part in the book that talks about, like, right after they broke up, Peggy said, 
I care about you. I'm your best friend. What am I supposed to do? And Marianne's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, this puts me in a weird position because I don't want to take sides, but I don't think you really understand how people feel about this. People are upset about you breaking up with Jamie. And it's like, why should Marianne care about that? Like, if I had a group of friends and I was dating someone in that group and we broke up and everyone was mad at me for it, I don't want to be friends with those people because why... Like. I'm not here for your happiness. Mm -hmm. I'm here for my own. And if you are upset that I broke up with this person, it wasn't your relationship. You weren't in it. So why do you care? Yeah. I just felt like Peggy was so, again, like we see in Marianne's adult slash college life, her befriending people and being a part of this group. I mean, not everyone in the friend group is bad. Um, I do want to talk about Joanna in a little bit, but why are you accepting this? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Why? This is your personal relationship. This girl's supposed to be your best friend. And she's so concerned with how it will look. Like, does she even care about you at all? You know, and a lot of mm-hmm. times Connell makes comments about like each time he sees Marianne, he could tell just by looking at her, maybe she's like extremely hungover or like how she's dressing. Like he's concerned that she's maybe not taking care of herself. She's been going through it physically. And if Peggy's supposed to be her best friend, she doesn't care at all. That's, I don't know, that's really concerning. Yeah, and I feel like Peggy just slapped the title of best friend on herself. I really don't think Marianne considers her to be a best friend, but Peggy, Mm -hmm. in her typical self-involved fashion, acts like she's just such a wonderful friend to Marianne. And she just was another person that was not sad to see her go. Um, Mm -hmm. I think she kind of left Marianne's life shortly after Jamie. And I was like, Peggy, you're not going to be missed. Yeah. Yeah. With Joanna... I guess I just want to ask you what you thought about Joanna in comparison to Peggy. So what I really liked about Joanna is I feel like it's kind of, it's brought up without specifically saying on multiple occasions, Joanna did not care about Peggy's opinion of her. Mm -hmm. And she was just a breath of fresh air. I feel like she was one of the very few positive forces in Marianne's life who kind of encouraged her to be herself, encouraged her to focus on what she wants and what's best for her and continually checked in on Marianne. Like their other friends, it just seemed like very superficial, but I feel like she genuinely cared about Marianne and what she was going through and just wanting to to be there for her. Because, I mean, Connell didn't really start to get his act together until maybe in the middle of the book towards the end. And so just to see her have at least one person who truly loves her for her, it it was nice. She Mm -hmm. had one person at least who she could trust and rely on. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I feel like if Joanna wasn't there, I worry like how much further Marianne would be in this complete polar opposite personality and lifestyle. So I felt like Joanna definitely helped ground her. Mm-hmm. But I think something that was really interesting that happened, I want to say like midway in the book, there's a point when Joanna starts working mm-hmm. and she kind of like gets not into I wouldn't call it a fight or an argument but they get into a disagreement and Marianne says they're talking about time and she's like that's so crazy like you're just spending time at work that's time you could be doing anything else oh yeah and that I was appalled because it was just a reminder again like social classes so I just felt like Marianne is pretty out of touch and even though she has been like doing the research and you know trying to get more educated it was nice that Joanna with her personal experience could come in and be like actually this is 
the situation. Like some people have to work because this is how I can afford my life. Yeah. You know, and Marianne, she was just like, why work? You know, why bother? That's just time you'll never get back. <laughs> None of us have that luxury. And that was something that was so interesting, too, how her and Connell both won that scholarship. And they talked about, like, for Connell, this was a life-changing thing for him. It was going to really dictate the path that his life could take mm-hmm. with getting that scholarship. But for Marianne, it was just a status symbol. Mm-hmm. For her, it was just such a casual thing of, great, now people can finally see just how intelligent I really am. Whereas Connell, it was it was a, a life-changing thing for him. Yeah, really quickly, I want to add, there's a part, so when they get the scholarships, Connell's eating in what I picture to be like the dining hall. Mm-hmm. And he says, I wrote it down somewhere. So he says, then the food is served by other students who are dressed in all black to differentiate them from the otherwise identical students who are being served. Mm-hmm. And that like, that was so crazy to me because I instantly thought about the dining hall. So for those who don't know, me and Sarai went to college together. That's how we met. And I just thought about the dining hall because that, I I don't know, just it was an interesting way to illuminate like class differences and the mm-hmm. fact that he's right outside of, and that there were times where I would see students who worked in the dining hall I mean we also both worked for the school too yeah, in housing. We <laughs> so <laughs> we got to be on the receiving end of that and let me tell you sometimes people forget that we're all students here because we had a lot of people treat us like yes <laughs> then the craziest thing is we would be in classes with the same students yeah sometimes and I'm, I'm just like i don't understand this so when i'm behind you know a window or a desk suddenly you can talk down to me or talk to I'm me a certain be- way i'm below you but then in class you want to ask me for my notes you know right <laughs> yeah totally i love like i feel like because before marianne like when they first got together marianne was the one who was a little bit more worldly than Connell, I would say. It just appeared maybe that she spent a little bit more time thinking about things beyond herself. Mm -hmm. But we really see Connell as he kind of matures and grows and he he starts to think of the world in this way as well. And it was just refreshing for to see him have that awareness, you know? Definitely. To know like I'm a student just like they're a student, but now suddenly because of this scholarship they've tried to put me in like a class above them or like I'm better than them in some way. But I'm not like we're all students here. And it just like for him to acknowledge how strange it was for other students to be serving him now. It just it was very refreshing to see that from Connell. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's an interesting point. He definitely I remember I wrote a note in the very beginning. I was like, he better have a character arc. And this is definitely a moment where we see that. So, yes. So then we can kind of back up and start with Connell. Um, last thing I'll say about Marianne in the show, at least her outfits. Mm adorable i know it's so irrelevant to the plot line but i thought her outfits were really cute (laughs) yeah i mean just quickly interjecting i it was so nice to see the story come to life in the show because i don't know i had a lot of notes like the cinematography the lighting the Mm -hmm. acting was really good the production design was good it felt like i was there being very americanized from california (laughs) so like i was like wow totally i was gonna say it's so interesting because something i kept thinking about that was crazy was alcohol here in united states you know legal drinking age is 21 but where this takes place in ireland i actually don't know is it 16 or 18 I want to say, oh, I should know this. I I looked it up not that long ago. 18. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, where this takes place in Ireland, it's 18. And so, we're seeing them at the Debs, which, 
from what my understanding is like what we would call prom here or it's like similar to prom is how it kind of seemed to me mm-hmm. and they're drinking alcohol and it's just blowing my mind <laughs> i'm trying to think of my prom and like alcohol being there and it's just crazy right. like just just to see the difference i know like we're one of the very few places where drinking age is 21 but just to see them casually like, they're high schoolers and they're drinking at their prom or they're, yes. the devs they're drinking at the devs it's just crazy it was, it was jarring and literally, like, when I graduated high school that night, I went to sober grad. Like, it was just, you know, this big attempt to not, to make sure that we weren't drinking, even on the day of graduation. Yes, I was going to say, my, it's such a bummer because my graduating class, we didn't even get to have a grad night mm. because it was going to be, so I was born and raised in Southern California. And so most high schools in that area, our grad night is Disneyland. Like, that's the go-to. And every year before us had gone to Disneyland. And we were supposed to, and the PTA that, or the, the, it wasn't even the PTA, it was just like some parents association at the school. They didn't want to have it Disneyland that year because they weren't able to get it on the day of graduation. And I went mm. to the meetings because students were allowed to go and the parents were saying, well, we have to have it the night of graduation because we don't want people drinking. And I'm like, if people are going to want to drink the night of graduation, they're not going to grad night. They're going to right. be So instead they had it at this like, local amusement park that was like 20 minutes from the school if that by the beach and we all go there all the time like it's a place you go to on the weekends we've all been good to this place since we were children nobody wanted to go there for grad night Mm -hmm. and like granted they were gonna rent it out and we were gonna have wristbands and like unlimited food and rides whatever but no one signed up because they didn't want to go there and then because no one signed up they had to cancel it so it's just such a bummer because my friends always talk about their grad night and like literally everyone I know went to Disneyland and we didn't even get to have one at all and just because they didn't want kids to drink so it was annoying is my point no that's interesting because so I went to high school in central California and for whatever reason I to this day I can't really remember or I don't really know why they were so anti-Disney but they were like we're gonna go to Six Flags this year and like just like with you with what you said every other graduating class it was always Disneyland Mm -hmm. I was so excited the last time I'd been I was like a little kid and so I was pumped and so (laughs) me and my friends at the time we didn't go to Six Flags and we saved up and went on our own trip to Disneyland because (laughs) we were just so we're like absolutely not like I've been looking forward to this and the fact is like we didn't really know that was how it was gonna go until it happened it's just so stupid to me I think it's dumb for grad night to be on the day of graduation anyway because a lot of people have family who have flown in or coming to visit and it's kind of inconvenient to be the night of graduation because that's you go out to dinner or you visit with people like I think it's better for it to be a few days after graduation yeah it just works out timing wise so yeah it was super annoying yeah Um, And I feel cheated out of that experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yes, the devs. That was interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's what we were talking about. It's just like like them drinking alcohol. It was just crazy to see because I was trying to picture that happening here and it never (laughs) would. Right. Yes. So Connell. We were jumping back to Connell. So I know we kind of touched on him when we talked about Marianne, but please, oh, please. I really want to hear what you thought about Connell in high school because I know you said you wrote a lot of notes about it. Oh, yes. Let me let me pull up what I wrote. Okay, so I decided he was insufferable early on. However, I would say I felt like he was deeply insecure and he was battling some issues with his self-esteem that we definitely get that explanation towards the end of the book. And I, I, you know, I completely understand that. And I can see how it's especially difficult to navigate high school, which is just 
you know, uh, amalgamation of every like personality, every everything, you know, mm-hmm. he's becoming an adult. However, I don't think that excuses his behavior. His like blase attitude and how nonchalant he was when he told Marianne that he was going to take Rachel, I believe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, He was so cavalier about it. Like he just, he didn't really, he didn't get why she was offended. Even when he was talking to Lorraine about it, he was like, don't you think this is kind of an overreaction? Like her Marianne being hurt. And uh, no, it is a perfectly acceptable reaction when you make someone believe that you love and care about them. Then you turn around and take someone to the Debs who's bullied her publicly. Mm-hmm. You know, after that guy um, assaulted Marianne at the club mm-hmm. um, in front of everybody, and then they all went outside to check on her, and Rachel was like, what? I thought it was funny. Would you think it was funny if some random stranger came up to you and assaulted you like that? No, you wouldn't. And not only for him to take someone else, but to take Rachel of all people mm-hmm. who was treated Marianne so poorly, such a slap in the face to her. Yeah, and... I almost felt like he knew and maybe he was, he approached it that way to kind of like test the waters. Yeah. And she was just like, oh, I get it. So you guys are friends, just like how we're friends, implying like they have this very intimate relationship Mm -hmm. that's secret, of course. And he's like, no, no, like I'm not like sleeping with her or anything. But how would Marianne know that? Because you just made this huge kind of declaration. And it's pretty known at that fact that Rachel has this huge crush on Connell. And so I was like, he's so, he's so trash. And it's really interesting to see how a complete 180 happens. And they, I don't know, I remember when I was in high school and everyone would always say this, the people who are popular at that time are going to have kind of a wake up call when they get to college. And in our case, our college was massive. Um, yeah. It was three times the size of Disneyland. I was, <laughs> I was literally going to say that because we had orientation and they like mm-hmm. spit out the same facts to everybody. And they're like, <laughs> it's three times the size of Disneyland and it's where they film Space Jam. And like, <laughs> yeah, we all know the same random facts about our school because that's what they told us all at orientation. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, we went to this massive college. Granted, like my high school, was, it was decently big. But, you know, when people are exploring themselves in college nobody cares you know no one's worried about you could wear you could literally wear your pajamas to class where yes for (laughs) real wear like a onesie on a and no one cares like popularity doesn't exist in college like you have more things to care about than who's taking who to the deb's you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's just it's so refreshing to know that people genuinely and truly don't care what you're Mm -hmm. doing (laughs) yeah and so you know for marianne that's beautiful and it's wonderful and it it helps in her favor but for connell you know we see him because he he is pretty introverted as we know but we see him really revert and kind of he doesn't really interact with people much outside of marianne's friend group so that was interesting to see that shift yeah for sure i just want to say this too i think the show i was really really impressed with the way they were able to incorporate so much of the book. The few changes I did notice, I don't think they were significant enough to like completely change the story, which I've seen way too often with yep. these, you know, adaptations. But I there's this part, I think it's right before they break up the first time with the miscommunication and he makes a point to be physically affectionate, show a little PDA in public at a swim party. Oh yeah. And Um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I should look it up. But he says, 
basically he's like, so this is what you like, you know, kind of gesturing to everything. And it's described in that moment, everyone's happy. And then he immediately breaks up with her. And I was just like, that's a complete sucker punch. And it's later we find out he was feeling kind of not disillusioned, but he was just feeling really out of touch with Marianne's friend group and the problem specifically financially because, or his hours get cut at his job and he didn't feel comfortable asking Marianne if he could stay in her apartment. And she just felt like he was just up and leaving. It was abrupt and it was disheartening because it's like in that moment, she's so happy, right? Like she's been waiting for this. We've been waiting for this. He's like, I'm finally comfortable in myself. Like we're in college, no one cares. This is my girl. And then he dumps her. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of him. I think that moment at the party that you're talking about, he kind of gestured to everything and maybe him realizing that he didn't, or feeling like he didn't fit in in this new world or it was just very interesting to, and I actually wrote something down about that just to kind of see the way things turned. You know, in high school, he was the one who was surrounded by friends and for the most part comfortable with who he is. And he um, was in a, in a position within the school where he was well-liked and Marianne was not. She was bullied and she never really felt like she could be herself without some kind of judgment or harassment. And then we, you know, flash forward to them in college and the tables have turned. Like I wrote that in my notes, like as soon as I started Connell's chapter of when he started at Trinity, Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, how the turns have tabled (laughs) because, you know, now Marianne is the one surrounded by friends and she's the one flourishing and Connell's really struggling with this change to, or with this move to this school and to kind of come into his own. And so it was just kind of interesting to see their journeys totally flip like that. Yeah. Um, we mentioned it before, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on his relationship with Helen. Yeah. So in the book, you know, it was, it was terrible that the moment when he tells Marianne about her. So it was like after he got beaten up and then he Mm. tells Marianne he's in a relationship, which was like a huge surprise to her because she'd never known him to be in a relationship. And he's also like right before that conversation, he's trying to get her to break up with Jamie. Mm-hmm. Like, he's talking about how he'd rather see her with anyone else. And I think Marianne and even us as the reader were kind of like, oh, it's because, you know, he wants to be with her. Mm-hmm. So it's not only that because he's already in a relationship, but he tells her he Marianne that he's in love with someone else. And it's like Marianne said that she started crying, like completely outside of her will. She didn't want him to see her cry because like, I mean, I think they also they both kind of have this idea that it's their fallback person. Like if it doesn't work out with whoever they're with, they have. She's like, I always have Connell. He's like, I always have Marianne. And for her to kind of realize she doesn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I feel like she, the love that they had was very, it was unique. I don't think at times it was always good, but it was unique. And so for her to imagine him loving someone else, it was, you know, probably incredibly difficult. And it was interesting to me that in the show, they changed it where it was just from him saying he was in a relationship that she got really upset but in the mm-hmm. book it was not it was because he was in a relationship and he said he was in love with her mm-hmm. so i feel like in the book i think i could be more inclined to believe that connell really was in love with helen and then as time went on you know their relationship kind of just burned out and he had unresolved feelings for marianne whereas in the show i think he wanted to be in love with helen i think he was in love with the idea of her of moving on from marianne and he said he liked who he was with her he was comfortable but they came from kind of the same um economic class and he didn't have to feel like he was faking anything around her family or her friends or just feeling like he wasn't good enough Mm -hmm. and so i think he liked the idea of 
Helen, I don't think in the show that he really loved her. Mm. Yeah, I just didn't get that vibe. I did not feel like he was in love with her. I think he liked her and liked having her around. And I don't think their relationship was a lie, but I just don't think there was room for love mm-hmm. um, with Helen because of how he felt for Marianne. Yeah, that's an interesting observation. The more that I think about it, I felt the same way. Like in the book, he said pretty often, you know, I'm in love with Helen. I love her. I love her. I'm like, is he trying to convince himself? (laughs) Because he keeps saying it and I just wasn't getting that vibe. And then definitely in the show, you could see how I feel like Helen kind of represented who he would have been with in high school if he wasn't with Marianne. Um, Sally Rooney made a point to say that Helen was very popular in high school. You know, she's pretty, she's well accepted. And so I think he was trying to, in an effort to try and find himself, he was reverting back to a previous version of himself, thinking that would make him happy. But Helen just wasn't that answer. Yeah. At first I was like, you know, he, I I think there was something that was mentioned about how when he first introduced her and Marianne that he thought they were going to get along or that it was going to be fine. Then like their relationship kind of progressively soured and Helen just was not crazy about Marianne. And Mm -hmm. I was wondering when that was going to play a role because I feel like it's obvious to anybody reading or watching Connell's feelings for Marianne were still very much there. And I just didn't see that relationship lasting very long because of Marianne. I mean, I think it helped that she was in Sweden that whole time Mm -hmm. or part of it at least. I feel like... One thing that was kind of frustrating is it's pretty apparent, like you said, Connell still has feelings for Marianne. But something that's really frustrating, both with Connell's behavior and Marianne's, and it could be, like you said earlier, just a case of them being immature, you know, trying to figure things out. But I was really, I was kind of upset with the fact that he was still with her. Um, I understand, like, that night when there's that incident with Jamie and he drops the glass and, like, he kind of calms Marianne down. They basically, like, he tries to initiate them hooking up or something, uh, but they did kiss, especially in the show. And I just kept thinking, I understand your feelings for Marianne never went away, but you still have to keep in mind you are in a relationship with Helen. Maybe break up with her, like, kindly break up with her. And I just can't, adultery is just not... It for me, it's incredibly selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you don't get to have your cake and eat it too. If you wanted to be with Marianne right now, you would, but you're not because, you know, that's the way the circumstances are right now. And you're with Helen and in the book, especially, you're saying you love her. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. you're kissing Marianne in a bed in your underwear together. And Helen just doesn't deserve that. You know, she's trusting you to be here with someone she knows that you've been hooking up with and had this intense relationship with. And like, that's how you repay her trust. And it's just like, I highly doubt he even told her about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So she just continues on oblivious. And I hate this whole, like, I feel like it's something that we see often too in, in TV and books is like, if someone's in a relationship, but there's someone they want to be with, they'll hook up with that person and mm-hmm. then break up with the other person afterward. Mm-hmm. No, that is not how it goes. It gives me flashbacks to, if any of you watch High Met Your Mother, when Ted and Robin first get together, this is so off topic, but it just made me <laughs> mad. And I'm rewatching the series. And so it's on the forefront of my brain, but he's with Victoria, but he wants Robin. And so he was going to go forward and have sex with Robin and then just break up with Victoria the next day. Like, it's just, 
that's really how you want to start your relationship with a new person is through by cheating. I just, I hate that behavior. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think back. I want to say that was the main incident. I know when Marianne was dating Jamie, there were times and like Connell would say something or like their hands would linger together. And I'm just like, stop being immature, grow up, like accept this is how you're feeling. And, you know, we've talked about this in previous episodes. Unrequited love sucks. Like, you know, no, no one's saying that it's, breaking up is fun but you have to be responsible and you have to be respectful and you have to realize like this isn't a game like these are people's emotions these are people's lives relationships so for you to just you know be like oh i want i want to do this i want to do this think about anyone other than yourself for two seconds and you know yeah like like you're willing to risk your entire relationship the happiness of someone else the trust of someone else for just this moments of pleasure Mm-hmm. You know, like, is it worth it? Is it really worth it to you? Yeah, it's just like, grow up, dude. I wasn't surprised to see Connell and Helen's relationship and the way um, that it did when they kind of had that conversation after Rob's funeral. And getting into that, that was um, a part of the book that really surprised me. Rob and his death, that was a very pivotal moment of, of the book, I would say. And so I guess we can kind of touch on that here. What were maybe your thoughts when you read that portion or got to that portion? Yeah, I think the thing that really set off Connell's kind of like journey into his mental and emotional health was the fact that on New Year's Eve, he was with Helen. And I want to say Rachel or someone from their high school group sends a group text and is like, where's or have you seen Rob? And he just ignores it. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like he just feels guilty in general. Mm -hmm. He was someone that, you know, Connell was close to and confided in to an extent. And so Connell's guilt and not, you know, the fact that he felt like he didn't do anything at all that could have, I mean, I don't think he could have prevented, like he was literally living in another place. Yeah. And as I said, even had he been there too, it's, it's, It's like what his therapist was saying, and we'll get into that, but it's something that I think everyone in his life was probably asking themselves, but there's, you know, I don't know if there is anything that they could have done. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, So, yeah, I, um, I don't know. I empathized with Connell in that moment. I, it was just really sad to see what happened. The funeral scene, it was sad to read, but to see how that played out. Mm-hmm. Even like, again, just kind of going back to Helen, there's a point where he he only owns like one, I guess, really nice dress suit and he wears that at the funeral. And Helen makes a comment and is like, oh, you look hot or you look so good or something. He's just like, he doesn't even say anything. Like, that's the last thing he's worried about right now. Yeah, like, he, I think in the book he said it actually made him furious. Because, yeah, it's just he's not... He's going to a funeral for his one of his closest friends from high school. I don't think he's concerned about looking handsome right now. Right. It was just inappropriate. But I, I will say in that moment, I'm glad that Niall was there for him and he was able to help him. Because I think... I will just say, like, throughout the book, Connell... He doesn't really do a lot of self-reflecting until Mm -hmm. this time. He just kind of like lets things happen to him. Doesn't really, he doesn't really want to get in touch with how he's feeling. I I think he's afraid to, honestly. But when this happens with Niall's encouragement, you know, he seeks out therapy. And it's kind of like, it was a a moment that fueled his growth, definitely. Yeah. And can I, I just want to touch on Rob too. It's Something I think is like a, an ever-present theme throughout the book is how you may not know 
you don't know what someone's going through just from observing them, you know, just from being around them. And so, you know, the way everyone in school kind of treated Marianne or the way people looked at Marianne. And it's funny because in high school, everyone treated her like she was a loser and an outcast. And then in college, everyone was envious of her. And Connell's always saying boys are always falling in love with her. Such differing viewpoints of her which is, first of all, very interesting. And then second off, but they have no idea what's going on beneath the surface. They don't know the abuse that she's facing at home at the hands of her brother and her mother and, you know, just her self-worth being so so low from everything that she's gone through. And so Mm -hmm. similarly with Rob, when we see him in high school, he is popular and he seems to be well-liked by his peers and he seems to be happy. And it's like, we just don't always know what's going on and so then even Connell when he was reflecting on it of saying like Rob was a deeply insecure person and wanted nothing more than to be liked by his peers it's just kind of like peeling off the layers of a person um, mm-hmm. and just going back to what you're saying about Niall I am so happy that Niall was there for Connell because I think a lot of times when someone's going through something people in their lives want to help but knowing when you can't help I think is just as important mm. because it's like all I think being supportive and being there for someone a hundred percent the best thing to do but also knowing I'm not a professional and like the way I can help you can only go so far so for Niall to recognize that and tell him like I think you should see a professional who can really help you with what you're going through I'm happy with the way it was handled because at first when Connell went, I did not think he was going to continue going and I thought he was going to struggle a lot before, Mm -hmm. you know, finding help. And so it's just, it was nice to see him actually go, actually listen to the advice of his therapist and, you know, focusing on himself, focusing on his mental health and beginning to heal. No, I I completely agree with what you're saying. I think in that moment, I felt the same way too. Like I was pretty, I was so confident that, we're going to see him kind of sink further into the belly mm-hmm. of the whale because, you know, even as he approaches the office, he has like this questionnaire survey he has to fill out before he sees the doctor. And he's just like, these questions are so like, they're dumb. Like they're not going to, I don't even know what to put. I mean, I feel one way, but I don't need them to know that. So we see him kind of holding back. And so it was refreshing to know that he was actually open-minded enough to really take in the information mm-hmm. and start to apply it into his life. And we could start seeing, you know, that change finally, like in the beginning, what I was hoping for, you know, we finally see him starting to come to terms with, you know, himself and mm-hmm. with, with everything that's happened to him. Because yeah. quite a bit happens yeah. at that moment. Yeah, it was definitely a, p- a pivotal moment for him and, and just seeing his growth. I think him and Marianne, this was a journey of their growth with each other, without each other. And um, I feel like that's really a moment where we got to see him kind of come into his own and really mature as a character. So I guess um, so that now that that brings us back to where Connell and Marianne kind of come together for the final time right after he broke up with Helen and then they're back home from the summer. And so really quick before we start, you know, finalizing our thoughts on them, I just want to talk about that that last big pivotal moment with Marianne and her brother Alan mm-hmm. when he slams that door on her face and breaks her nose. It was so jarring to see it come to life within the show and to see the lack of action once again from their mother like Mm -hmm. she was just letting this all happen and i'm like as a parent how could you do that and there's even a point when she kind of tries to justify alan's behavior to marianne she's like Mm -hmm. well what do you want me to do about it you want me to kick him out 
Mm. And it's like, do something. Like, you'd rather let your daughter be the subject of his abuse than make her feel guilty about not coming home. And so, um, like, I don't know, that moment when Connell shows up and he finally confronts Alan about it, I think that was also just a big moment in Marianne's journey because it finally allowed her to just separate herself from her family. And I feel like that was when Connell kind of also stepped up as this person that she could, she knew she could always rely on, someone who would always take care of her. Yeah, especially in that moment with how, you know, I'm trying, I'm blanking on her name, but the mom, Marianne's mom. Oh, Denise. Yes. So... I was just, I'm thinking to myself, like, what did Mary Ann do? Like, why do you hate your own daughter that much? Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if kind of like in our Little Fires Everywhere episode with Elena, is it just the fact that, and I think it is, because we definitely get more of Denise's character in the show. I think it really is just the fact that Mary Ann doesn't, she's not eager to adapt to this affluent you know kind of community she doesn't care about it at all if anything Mm -hmm. you know she's more interested in the opposite and i think that's a threat to the social standards that denise has worked so hard to build for her family and so she hates that about marianne but it's just like oh my gosh i in the show i was like i think i gasped out loud because in the book you know when that happened i i mean i felt the same but to see that visually it was just so bizarre. Um, have you seen the movie Mid-90s? No, I haven't. I think it's on my list. Is that the Jonah Hill one? Yes. Or, yeah, that- uh, yes, yes, I'm pretty sure it is. But I won't spoil it too much, but I, I watched it pretty recently. And there's a similar parallel between um, Marianne's relationship with Alan and in the movie it's an older brother and the main character who's like, I think he's like 11-year-old. 11, in the range of like 11 and 13 years old. And his older brother is similarly verbally and physically abusive. But there's also a point when like, you know, someone stands up to him. And once Connell stands up to Alan, like he completely shrinks. You you can see how much of a coward he really is. Mm -hmm. He just wants to pick on people that he feels he's more powerful than. He doesn't want to pick on someone his own size. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just showed, too, like you said, like the way he shrank so much when Connell finally confronted him. I just think it really showed that Alan behaved the way he did for so long because he went unchecked. Mm -hmm. He knew their mom wasn't going to do anything about it. He knew that he kind of dwarfed Marianne in a physical sense. Like, I think to a degree she was afraid of him, you know, of what he could do to her. And so he just felt he had free reign. And the second someone challenged him on it, he withdrew. And so I feel like, you know, he just derived all his power in knowing that he could do whatever he wanted and face no repercussions. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that moves us into the third and kind of final time that Marianne and Connell get together And things are, again, going well for them. And then he finds out he gets into that program in New York. And um, I mentioned it earlier, but one of our listeners, Maddie, said she felt like it was tied up really well in the show as opposed to the book. And I, I really did. I feel like it came together much better in the show. It was pretty much the same ending of, you know, Marianne telling him that he should go and that they'll be okay. But I think the acting was so good. I just mm-hmm. like seeing it visually. Just them kind of acknowledging and being realistic in the fact that I think they know they're always going to love each other and, you know, they will want to be a part of each other's lives as much as they can. But just just being realistic about the fact that 
they don't know what's going to happen in a year and that this may be the last time they're together romantically or just, I don't know. It was just to see them realize how much they've done for one another personally in these last few years, how much they've helped each other to change and grow and to kind of acknowledge that and then move forward in the next part of their life of not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. No, that's perfectly said. I So I read the book and then watched the show. And I was actually anxious <laughs> to start the show and not in a good way, just because when Same, I finished yeah. the book, <laughs> yeah, like when I finished the book, I literally wrote, I was like, I don't feel impacted by this. It didn't sit with me, like in the way that some of my favorite stories mm-hmm. really sit with me. And, you know, there's times like I'll watch a movie, good or bad, and I'm thinking about it for hours. The characters, the actors, you know, like it just, it sits with me. And I felt like once I finished the book, I just felt empty. I just, I went through this emotional journey with these two characters and I was finally, we're finally at a place and yeah. then it just fizzles out. And I have to agree, when I watched the show, just the acting, like, I believe it's Emmy-nominated, and rightfully so, because when I finished the show, I did kind of feel like it impacted me more, and I could see, I started to think to myself, I think the future of their relationship, I felt like it wasn't going to fall apart. You know, they're still going to have this relationship, they'll still be in touch. And I'm not sure why, because like you said, I mean, things played out pretty much the same way in the show. I think it was just in the nuance and the acting and maybe the editing. I need to probably watch it again, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, I I completely agree. Yeah, when I finished the book, I kind of was like, that's it. Like, I enjoyed it. It was fine. But I was like, okay. And I think the more I thought about it in the days after and then when I started watching the show, I kind of realized it was more about. It's going to sound corny. The journey, then the end. You know, Mm. we got to experience really important, crucial years for these characters and kind of go on this journey of growth with them and just see the role that they played in their lives and the effect that the people in their lives had on them. And to me, it was kind of just taking a snapshot of a person's life and getting to see that little piece instead of us getting this whole overarching, you know, full beginning to end story and resolution. We just got to take a little peek into their lives. And the more I thought about it that way, the more I appreciated it. Mm. Um, And then what I wanted to say too about the ending that I really liked in the show was when Connell, because in the book, Connell, I don't think ever said anything about wanting Marianne to go with him. Mm-hmm. But in the show, Connell said, you can come to New York with me. And she said, no, I like the life that I'm living here. Mm-hmm. And I loved seeing her tell him no. And I know, like, again, that might go against this whole thing of we're supposed to be rooting for them. But I feel like Marianne saying no and standing her ground. So much of the book and the show focuses on how she kind of she and she said it herself she would do whatever connell wanted her to do she's like i I would do whatever you wanted to do regardless of whether i wanted to or not and i feel like a lot of people in her life tried to take control of her alan definitely did jamie did even gareth to a degree like you know people kept trying it peggy get her to be someone else this was finally the first moment where she was doing what was best for herself you know, she wasn't letting what Connell wanted influence her decision. And it was just like that was seeing her growth really come full circle. She's kind of really evolved into this independent person. And I was so happy to see that. I was like, you know what? Good for you. And that, you know, that last line really got to me. If he's like, OK, so I'll go. And she said, and I'll stay. And it was just I don't know. I just the way they acted that moment was also like 
It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think you just kind of hit the nail on the head there. That was the major difference between the show and the book for me was that part. Because, yeah, that I feel like by including that, everything kind of made sense. Like, finally, we're seeing her take agency and her voice and, like, her power and her feelings. And so, you know, we while we do want that Troy and Gabriella moment, like, we want them <laughs> to be together, you know, finally, she's thinking for herself and confidently being like, this is what I want. This is how I feel. You know, multiple times, like you said, she kept saying she would do whatever Connell wanted, but... I kept thinking, but what do you want to do? Are you happy? And so, um, yeah, I agree. I think the show definitely kind of triumphed over the book in a rare (laughs) kind of moment there. (laughs) Um, And that we get, I just felt more closure for sure with the show. And so I guess that leads to a very important question. So which should you prefer, the book or the show? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Oh yeah, this is a tough one. I I was thinking about this before we started recording this episode. I feel like so for starters with the book, I loved the writing. The mm-hmm. the way that Sally Rooney captured places. Like I said, I'm fairly Americanized prior to this whole pandemic or I guess during the whole pandemic, I realized I need to travel more. <laughs> like I need to see the world more. I desperately when this is over we're going places. <laughs> yes. I just, there's so many places I want to go and I want to live outside of the country because I just, there's, I need other perspectives. There's so much of the world that I need to see and experience that isn't just life here in America. And so I, I'm desperate for that opportunity. Absolutely. I just want to be more <laughs> like worldly and knowledgeable. It was definitely nice to, through Sally Rooney's writing, get these very descriptive looks into what life in Ireland might be like in, you know, circa the late 2010s, or I guess throughout the 2010s as we're going through time. Um, I, I felt like the book was pretty strong. I just really connected with the show more just because, again, like, I I studied film in college, so like I'm I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to that stuff. But there was a lot of subtle decisions that they made that I felt like really bolstered the storytelling and it made me connect with the characters more, particularly with the ending. And I think for that, I'm gonna have to go with the show. Mm, okay. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. How are you feeling? I okay this is okay so the fact that we're even having this much difficulty picking one usually I'm like it's the book like you don't even have to ask me it's the book but yeah first of all the casting a plus plus because I honestly had a lot of trouble picturing Marianne while Mm -hmm. I was reading it I just couldn't kind of get a grasp on what I thought she looked like and then when I started watching the show I was like that is the absolute perfect person to play Marianne and this, their skill as actors, the show was shot beautifully. I enjoyed just watching it, like not even for the story, just the imagery. It was so, so stunning to watch. I feel like the show, or it was brought to life really well. I think I'm going to have to say the show also. You know what's funny is like, I didn't I didn't want to say the show <laughs> just because like I, I'm the type of person who, I mean, like you said, like the book is usually better, mm-hmm. you know? But I just felt like with our last conversation about the ending, 
the fact that we were able to get that closure because that's that you know that's a big part for a reader is the end Mm -hmm. you know you spend all you dedicate time of your life chapter after chapter you know page after page inching towards something and if you feel like you kind of got played in the end I you know I don't know if that's ideal however in the show we were able to get some more of those gaps filled in characters were brought to life passage of time was easier to follow as well yeah for sure and yeah like i could probably count on one hand the amount of times i thought a show or a movie was better than a book so this is a rarity but um don't forget you know go to our facebook page we'll have a whole topic dedicated to normal people and we can dissect it further there be sure to stay tuned for our next episode where we will be discussing the book all adults here by emma straub Also, be sure to check the description notes for this episode for more details on our next giveaway. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. For more updates, you can be sure to follow us on Twitter at BookSolidPod, on Instagram at BookSolidPodcast, like us on Facebook at BookSolidPodcast, and also join our group. Please stay tuned after the outro for more information on our donation of the week. For this week's donation, we have chosen the Lebanese Red Cross. On August 4, 2020, multiple explosions occurred in Beirut, Lebanon at the city's major port. These explosions are believed to have been caused by the accidental detonation of 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate. According to an article by the BBC, the largest explosion erupted in a mushroom cloud emission and leveled buildings which caused extensive damage approximately 10 kilometers from the port and could be heard 235 kilometers across the Mediterranean Sea in the island of Cyprus. Beirut is home to approximately 2 million citizens and hospitals found that they were vastly overwhelmed on account of the reported death toll at over 170 deaths and 6,000 plus injuries. This travesty has left an estimated 300,000 people homeless and is estimated to cost between 10 to $15 billion to rebuild the city's infrastructure. Presently, the Lebanese Red Cross is focused on locating victims, treating the wounded, and supplying those who have been affected with proper food and hygiene materials. After hearing about the explosion on the news, Sarai and I felt it was important to help those in need and speak more on this situation through our platform. For more information on how to donate, please visit this episode's show notes and we'll see you on our next episode.